Your Locked On Golden Knights, your daily podcast on the Vegas Golden Knights, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome back, Ranger fans and Vegas Golden Knight fans. We got a special crossover edition for you guys today. This is John Chick with Locked On New York Rangers, joined here by Tony Cordasco of Locked On Vegas Golden Knights. Tony, how are we doing today, buddy? Terrific. You know, uh, this Golden Knights team is just red hot right now, and uh, they just come off of another win at New Jersey, and they won the first two games of this road swing at Boston and at New Jersey, and now they've got the Broadway Blues coming up on Friday night in which should be an exciting game. It's an exciting game with so many storylines, you know, with Gerard Gallant and there's so much happening there. So that's going to be a lot of excitement there in New York. Yeah. You know, I didn't even think about how many connections there really were up until maybe like an hour or two when I started, you know, really preparing and, you know, figuring out what we were going to talk about here. And we'll get to all that good stuff in just a second. But first, just want to let everybody know that today's episode of Omaha Steaks or excuse me, episode of Locked on New York Rangers and Locked on Vegas Golden Knights is brought to you by Omaha Steaks. The holidays are around the corner and finding the perfect gift is tricky. Omaha Steaks makes it easy to send friends and family an unforgettable gift guaranteed to be loved. Go to omahasteaks.com and enter NHL into the search bar to order the perfect gift package. And yeah, as you were saying, I mean, there's a ton of crossover between these two franchises here. And, you know, I, I guess the first question for both of us, it's kind of the elephant in the room right now. Uh, the whole COVID situation, it feels like every 10 minutes, there's uh, a new group of players being added to the protocol list, and there's another team that's being affected and another game being postponed. I mean, any thoughts on that? Should we even be doing this game tomorrow night or any any, any takeaways there? Well, here's my one takeaway as far as it pertains to the Golden Knights. I just feel that the Golden Knights are just one step ahead of COVID right now because, you know, Boston had a COVID scare and its coach, you know, was out up until the game and uh, he came back and when Boston, when the, uh, the Vegas Golden Knights were in Boston and, you know, and luckily, you know, they kind of skirted that. And then, you know, they played Calgary before, you know, Calgary had the big outbreak. And then uh, last night they played against the Devils and the New Jersey Devils, another team that had all those players like Nico Heeshare and they had players out with COVID and other illnesses. And so, to me, the Golden Knights have really not had that scare of yet. They haven't had the huge outbreak. There's been seven players on the Golden Knights that have had COVID, that have missed time, that have missed some games, including Jonathan Marsh or so for a full, I think, seven to ten days, somewhere in that window. And, uh, you know, Pete DeBoer said earlier uh, this month, he was just like, hey, we're one of the fortunate groups where we haven't had everyone uh, have COVID at the same time. But a lot of other teams are not as fortunate. They're not as lucky. How about you? I mean, yeah, what are your thoughts? Yeah, no, I was just going to say it's kind of scary that that's the point we've gotten to now. Is it like, well, we've only had a few COVID cases and they haven't been all at the same time. So we're doing pretty good. I mean, that's that's a little scary in and of itself. I mean, I don't know. You know, it's kind of been something that I haven't really talked about a whole lot on my show, at least not yet. Um, My attitude has kind of just been like, well, you know, if the games happen, I'm going to talk about them. If they don't happen, we'll talk about something else and we'll talk about the whole decision to postpone. But, you know, it's just strange how like, you know, I, I saw something from, I believe it was Elliot Friedman uh, about an hour or so ago. He tweeted that in the Avalanche were given the choice whether to play or not tonight because they have a good amount of players on the, on the COVID list. And they played, 
But then you think about the Islanders, and I typically don't have a lot of sympathy for the New York Islanders. But, you know, they had half their team in the COVID protocol, and they, they had to play the Rangers, and the Rangers basically steamrolled them. So I don't know, man. I mean, I, it, it's just bizarre times that we're living through. I don't really have all the answers. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I guess uh, as of now, this game is going to happen, and we'll do our best to get everybody ready for it here. Yeah, we hope. You know, it's uh, within that 24-hour window. And then I saw what happened with Calgary this early, earlier this evening. Uh, 18 players and three coaches and you know like the entire team is going to be down it just seems to be getting worse and like some different areas and within some different pockets and for us here in Las Vegas I mean we're really concerned about you know everyone's concerned about the Olympics and whether they're going to compete and all of that we have the NHL all-star game here and I just was speaking earlier today with some folks that are on the organizing committee and they're concerned and you know, they want to maybe do some skills competitions outside at the Bellagio and different things around the city. And we're not quite sure how that's going to work or they're probably going to isolate the players. And so there won't be any interaction with the players and autograph sessions and all those things that kind of make All-Star Weekend. And so that's another major concern for us here in Las Vegas. But I don't know how, but the Golden Knights have had that Vegas luck on their side because they haven't had it all at once. Like I said, they've had players coming in and out of the lineup. And uh, tonight it was uh, Shea Theodore who missed the game for the Golden Knights. But they said that that was not COVID related. It was something, I guess, late where he has a, a late injury but, or something. But, yeah, we don't know. But it, it's, it's very scary. It really is. It's a really uh, difficult, you know, situation for teams to decide. Are they going to play? They, do they want to play these games? Uh, it, it, it's, you know, now they're going to go back to all the old protocols, I think, and kind of keep people away from everyone and, keep them in their hotels and probably just have meals together and just, you know, don't interact with people on the outside. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's really no easy or obvious answer to any of this, but switching gears just a little bit here, I wanted to ask you about, you know, how the Knights have done so far this season, obviously the Rangers and the Knights, they don't cross paths all that often, but I do know, I mean, they, they were scuffling a little bit to start the season and they seem to have really kind of figured it out recently, kind of a broad question for you, but I mean, what have they been doing better? What has what kind of keyed this turnaround? Anything that you can kind of point to uh, as far as why they're now winning where they weren't earlier in the season? Yeah, for sure. And it just points back to injuries. And, you know, in the very second game of the season, you had Max Pacioretty and Mark Stone go down in the same game. And then you had William Carlson go down. And then just a rash of injuries with his team. And I've got to hand it to Peter DeBoer because this, to me, is his best coaching job that I've seen since he's been in Las Vegas because he's had to have makeshift lineups every night. He's had to just make sure that everyone stays the course, everyone plays together, and it just all goes back to all these injuries. And now one by one, you know, players were coming back, and then now the top line up until the Devils game, they were just on fire. They were sizzling. They had uh, 17 points over two games. They got shut out on points, I believe, in the Devils game on uh, Thursday night. But, I mean, for them now – that's been the key there is that they're just playing. They're playing better. They're playing more consistent. They're back in the rhythm, I guess, now together. And then defensively, they're starting to gel and they're starting to play a little bit better uh, earlier in the season with all of those players coming in and out. Right, John, we had uh, just a lot of miscommunications and they had a lot of uh, odd man rushes and breakaways on Robin Leonard. And it was frustrating for him. It was frustrating for the team. And defensively, they just, couldn't get things together. And then on the offensive side, you know, things weren't going well either and they weren't scoring goals. And, and now I think it's been uh, five straight games where they've scored four or more goals on the road. 
Uh, and, and so they're starting to really click and they've become a team that's, uh, that's become well offensively. And, and another issue that they had, John, too, is just, you know, they had the, uh, the span of three consecutive games where they kept giving up the power play goals. So uh, starting with the Dallas game over a week ago, uh, they were giving up power play goals, gave up three power play goals. That's the game that Robin Leonard was yanked in. Then they gave up, uh, you know, a couple uh, in the Philadelphia game, and they gave up one in the Wild game. And then in Boston, they settled down there, too. Special teams got a little bit better, and now they're starting to play a lot better, too. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, we'll continue breaking down this Rangers and Knights matchup from every angle in just a second. But first, just want to let everybody know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers and Locked On Golden Knights is brought to you by Omaha Steaks. The holidays are right around the corner, and finding the perfect gift is tricky. And there is nothing better than getting Omaha Steaks as a gift around the holidays. Omaha Steaks makes it easy to send friends and family an unforgettable gift guaranteed to be loved. Go to omahasteaks.com and enter NHL into the search bar to order the perfect gift package. For $99.99, you will get 24 entrees like the world-famous bacon-wrapped filet mignons, chicken breasts, sides, desserts, and so much more. When you use code NHL, you'll also get an additional eight Omaha Steak burgers free with your order. We've all heard the reports about shortages and shipping delays, so do not wait. Order the perfect gift package today at omahasteaks.com and you will get eight free burgers when entering the code NHL. Achieve gifting greatness with Omaha Steaks. Incredible flavor, incredible value, and 100% guaranteed. omahasteaks.com, keyword NHL. And uh, Tony, would you like to tell all the listeners about Built Bar? Yeah, you know, this holiday season, you should grab a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Uh, Built Bar is filled with so much holiday goodness, rich with decadent flavor, covered in chocolate, but amazingly low in calories and sugar, net carbs, and fat, and high in protein. You get the best of both worlds, delicious and healthy. So many flavors that you're going to have a hard time choosing. Will you have the raspberry or the mint brownie? Will you have the cherry or the double chocolate, the cookies and cream, or the peanut butter brownie? Different flavors all covered in chocolate. Tastes so good that you won't believe that they are filled with protein. Built Bar gives you the extra fuel to bust down those mall doors and to battle all the holiday shoppers. Or if you're just standing in endless shopping lines, Built Bar can give you the extra something to keep you going. So throw one in your jacket or your purse. You never know when you're going to need it. Go to Built.com and receive 15% off your order today. Use that promo code LOCKED15. That's LOCKED15 on Built.com. And we thank you all for making Lockdown Golden Knights and Locked On Rangers, your first listen. And for your next listen, make sure that you checked out Lock, uh, check out Locked On Now podcast. Uh, nightly recaps of every NHL game, analysis from our local experts. Listen to Locked On Now on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, or you can watch it on the Locked On NHL YouTube channel. Tony Cardasco and John Chick. John, is this Rangers team, are they really as... Gerard Gallant said earlier this week, a soft team. Are they really soft? Oh, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that at all. I mean, I, and I think really he was just referring to the one performance. Um, I believe that was the first of the two games against the Avalanche. Uh, they lost that game seven to three. Um, and, you know, they had won 11 out of 12 games and they've since lost uh, three out of five. I'm looking for their schedule here. Bear with me for one second. Of course, my laptop doesn't really feel like working right now. So that's fantastic. 
But um, yeah, no, I mean, overall, they pretty much went out of their way this offseason to, you know, really improve the toughness and the physicality of this team. I think they've done that. Obviously, uh, trading for your guy, Ryan Reeves there. I uh, mean, we can talk about that in a little bit as well. That uh, does a lot to improve the team's toughness overall. Uh, you trade for Barclay Goodrow. You bring in Dryden Hunt, who's kind of unheralded, but a very physical forward. Um, and then, you know, you've got guys like Jacob Truba and Ryan Lindgren who are already here. Uh, they're no strangers to playing physical, tough, old-school, nasty hockey and throwing their weight around a little bit. So, uh, yeah, you know, I, I don't think that's an issue. I Really, I think that was just the one game that he was referring to. And, you know, the Rangers have lost now, I believe, three out of five after winning 11 of 12. Uh, to me, they they kind of just look like a tired team right now. They they have a stretch where they're playing 10 games in 17 days, which is pretty wild. Uh, they've already had three back-to-backs in the month of December alone. So I feel like they're kind of running on fumes right now, not making any excuses or anything like that. But naturally, you're going to slow down a little bit at some point. Nobody can stay that hot all season winning 11 out of 12. So uh, I think that's kind of where things stand right now. I wanted to ask you, too, about Alexis Lafreniere. And Gerard Gallant is just deep. He's yanked him from the lineup, and he's just kind of playing him sporadically. Is this to send a message to him? Is this to make him play tougher, too? Uh, Yeah, he's tough on Lafreniere, you know, for sure. And and there's an interesting situation that happened earlier in the season because, you know, Kako and Lafreniere, both those guys are always going to be under the microscope until they reach that next level, that level that Ranger fans all expect them to go to, they all hope that they'll go to. Um, But there was kind of uh, some debate among fans because what Gallant did was he actually dropped Alexi Lafreniere, and this was only for one game, but he dropped him all the way down to the fourth line. And at that time, you know, he had a handful of points, and Kako was still really scuffling to start the season, didn't have any points. And a lot of people were saying, like, oh, well, you know, why is he dropping Lafreniere and not Kako? And I think the difference there is Kako is that guy that I think kind of needs the coach to throw his arm around him a little bit and kind of pump him up a little bit, whereas Lafreniere, I feel like this guy can go, you know, a quarter of the season without getting on the score sheet. And his confidence is not going to waver. He's still going to believe in himself. And I think he's just one of those guys that Gallant looks at him and just thinks like, I got to challenge this guy a little bit. You know, I got to try and pull a little bit more out of him. Uh, Lafreniere has been okay. You know, he's had his moments, but he doesn't have that highlight real goal where, you know, he fakes everybody out of his skates and just unleashes a rocket. And you're just like, wow, you know, a lot of his goals are actually uh, of the dirty variety, you know, those stuffing kind of goals, things like that. So yeah, Lafreniere still got some room to grow, and, and so does Kako for that matter. But uh, I'm not ready to hit the panic button just yet. It's, it's very easy to forget. I know these guys come in with a lot of hype, but I think Kako is either 20 or 21, and I think Lafreniere is still 19. He's definitely not older than 20. So I still think they'll get there. And the nice thing is that it, it really hasn't hurt the Rangers as far as you know their record is concerned uh, to date. And then what about the bread man, Artemi Pernarin? Uh, did he, is he going to be back in the lineup? What happened in Arizona? Uh, Yeah, so they're saying it's a minor lower body injury, which, uh, you know, when you hear that, I think all Ranger fans collectively kind of exhaled at the same time because you obviously cannot lose Artemi Panarin. But, um, you know, as far as him playing in this game against the Knights, I haven't heard anything definitively one way or the the other. Um, Just kind of a guess here because, again, you know, the Rangers have not said one way or another what's going to happen. But I could see him maybe sitting this game out because the Rangers don't play again until the following Wednesday against the Habs. And I just don't think if you're the Rangers, you want to rush Panarin back out there. I'd rather have him miss one game than try to come back too soon and make it worse. And then you've really got a problem on your hands. So uh, we'll see. We'll see. I, I think it could definitely go either way uh, as far as Panarin is concerned. What do you think about this matchup between Gerard Gallant and Pete DeBoer? 
And when they were playing, I mean, bitter rivalry between the Golden Knights and San Jose and the Sharks. At one point, Gallant called Peter DeBoer a clown. Yep, yep. And so what what do you make of this rivalry? Do you think we'll see anything spill over? Uh, how intense do you think it will be from the Rangers perspective? I mean, Pete DeBoer, I think he's earned my respect now because I know he can coach and I've seen what he's done through just a crazy time this season with COVID and then injuries and just different lineups every night. And he's really handled it well. But from Pete, uh, from Gerard Gallant's perspective, you know, how do you think he views this game? Is there going to be some intense pressure on him? Yeah, I mean, I get the feeling, you know, knowing him, uh, he would probably downplay it, you know, going into this game and just say, oh, you know, yeah, I used to coach there, but it's another game and we're trying to get two points. And, you know, the the typical coach speak, I think, is what he would probably go with. But deep down, you got to think that he wants to win this game and maybe even stick it to the Knights a little bit because, you know, something that I've always said about Galan is I thought he got a bad deal, not just from the Knights, but also from the Panthers, um, you know, getting fired somewhat unjustly in both of those two stops. At and least we didn't send him off in a this... cab. You know, we didn't What's send that? him off in a we did not send him off in a cab in Las Vegas, at least. That's fair. That's that's a good point. Um, but no, I mean, you know, there, there's a lot of layers to this because you know, there was that rivalry that you mentioned between him and Peter DeBoer, and now DeBoer basically took his job and now he's coaching the Knights. And DeBoer used to be the coach of the Devils. And, you know, he was there when Tortorella was coaching the Rangers and there were all these fights. I mean, granted, the Ranger team is completely different now. I think Kreider's the only guy left from from those days. But, yeah, man, I mean, th- there's a lot of, like, crazy connections for two teams that don't see each other that often. Um, it- it's pretty wild how many connections there are here. And, you know, Tony, something I got to ask you about real quick here, the trade for Jack Eichel. I actually thought the Knights would end up landing him because – to me, they just seem like a team that's ready to go all in and really do everything they can to push for a championship this season. And of course, he's yet to suit up for the Knights. But I mean, how did you feel about this? Did you think he was coming to Vegas? Did you think that they would get him? And how do you feel about the, the package that went to Buffalo in return? I felt very good about the package. For some reason, VGK didn't want to give up Peyton Krebs. And to me, Krebs still like hasn't made his mark yet. Last I heard, he was toiling in the minors, right, with uh, with Buffalo, and they're just trying to bring him along slowly. I I'm not quite sure. And then Alex Tuck was injured, wanted to go back home. I think it was a a big score for the Vegas Golden Knights. And to me, you know, when you ask folks in the front office with the Golden Knights, what salary cap? There's no salary cap issues, you know. Like, and they'll just sign everyone, you know, Petrangelo, you know, the, the last season. Uh, through free agency and and now Eichel this year, you know, big and then Mark Stone previously and the big deal and the trade. I mean, I don't know how they're going to manage all the salary cap issues, but I'm really excited. The fans here are really excited too. the biggest question that we all have here is which line will Jack Eichel play on? Because we have, you know, on that top line now, Chandler Stevenson has just been playing lights out. There's a lot of great chemistry and Stevenson had to play with a different line every night through all the injuries when Stone and Pacioretty were out. And now they're back, and, like, they're just gangbusters other than, you know, in, in the Devils game. And then, you know, the second line, you've got William Carlson on the misfit line. So does he play in there? Um, I would move Carlson personally to the third line, and I would put Eichel on the second line, and Eichel has to be out there for each and every power play opportunity. And that's the biggest question that looms, and hopefully, you know, we saw those uh, videos in skating around he's coming back it looks like he's going to be coming back a little bit sooner than we thought and so it could be real exciting here once he comes back hopefully right after the all-star break but i'll tell you what it's going to be it's going to be gangbusters in this town 
Oh, for sure. And, uh, you know, I want to ask you about Chandler Stevenson. You know, you touched on him just a second ago, but uh, first, just want to let everybody know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers and of Locked On Golden Knights is brought to you by betonline.ag. BetOnline has you covered all season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season continues the march to the playoffs. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code locked on to receive your bonus from basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Do not wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports bet online where the game starts. And, uh, Tony, as, as I was just mentioning, man, I, I got to ask you about Chandler Stevenson because, you know, he had a solid season for the Knights last season. But, I mean, this guy is – this is a complete out-of-nowhere, just breakout superstar kind of season. Was there any way to expect this coming into the season? I mean, I know he's got good line mates and he's on a good team, but this is unbelievable what he's done for you guys. It really is. He's having a career season, as we know. I'll tell you, the uh, the pass that he had tape-to-tape to, tape to Pacioretty in the Boston game was just unbelievable, you know, because – it was a stretch pass, and it was just right on the stick of Pacioretty. Makes his job a lot easier. The thing that Stevenson does, goes after the loose pucks. He'll forecheck. He'll fight for the puck in the corners. And I just like everything about his game. But all of a sudden now, he's become more offensive. I think, again, that chemistry with the line, they all know where they're at. Uh, Stone missed a wide-open opportunity in front of the net in the Devils game. And, you know, he was so mad. He was going over to the bench and just like, just hitting himself in the head. And, you know, I, I just think that now they're clicking, they're starting to really play well. And, and, and I think that it's mostly due to the chemistry, number one. Number two, uh, I think Pete DeBort asked Chandler Stevenson to step up when everyone else was out. And he did just that. And he just responded, I think, better than any other player. Um, Nick, uh, Nick Wah actually also, too, I must add. And, you know, the Golden Knights are going to have, they now have four lines to roll. And they've, they're going to have with Eichel. I mean, there's so much talent there at the center position, you know, when you look at Stevenson and then Carlson, Eichel, Nick Wah. Holy smokes. I mean, those are really good, uh, good center centermen to, to, to roll. Uh, but he's just playing well. He just stepped up as soon as uh, he was asked to respond. I think that was the biggest key. How do you think that these top lines match up, uh, John, uh, with Chris Kreider, Sabinadad, and uh, – Capo Caco against that number one line of VGK. Well, I got to say, I, I do feel a little bit better about it now than I probably would have 24, you know, 27 hours ago, somewhere in that time range, because uh, that top line for the Rangers was scuffling a little bit, Mika and Caco and Kreider, um, but they really uh, got it together against the Coyotes on Wednesday night. And I realize it's the Coyotes and they don't win that often, but I mean, Hey, they combined for seven points. That's impressive. Uh, no matter what the situation is. And um, yeah, you know, I, I hope that they can kind of just pick up where they left off. Obviously the, the Knights can score a lot of goals and uh, those guys on the top line have been fantastic. I've always been a big Max Pacioretty fan. He's also from Connecticut. I've, I've gotten to interview him a couple of times in the past, a uh, really good guy. So I always tend to root for him, but uh, yeah, that should be a heck of a matchup. There, there's no doubt about it. How do you think, what do you think about the whole situation there? Oh, I, I just think, you know, it'll be the the top six, I think, that's going to decide this game. And I just feel that uh, it should be a very tough physical game. And, you know, especially back-to-back nights for, you know, the Vegas Golden Knights. And that's a crazy road trip, I think, for the Rangers. where They have to go to Colorado and then Arizona and then go back home, you know, like 
like that and, you know, play so quick, quick turnaround, just a day off. Uh, but yeah, I think it's going to be a physical and a, a game where they'll have to grind it out here. Um, I want to get your impression about Ryan Reeves and how the Rangers faithful feel about him and his addition. I love him, obviously, but. Yeah, um, it, it's funny. That was actually going to be my next question for you. I was definitely going to bring up Ryan Reeves. As we mentioned, there's a lot of uh, connections between these two teams, but Reeves is great. I mean, he's only been in two fights so far this season, uh, but I think he's definitely got a presence out there. And, you know, a lot of players on the Rangers have talked about how they feel a little more protected. They feel like they can go out there and kind of stick out their chest a little bit because we know this guy's got our back. You know, he's not going to let anything happen to us. And uh, so that's great to see. Um, and, and, you know, he really does a great job on the fourth line. For anybody that thinks that Ryan Reeves is just a goon and, and just an enforcer, I mean, yeah, he can fight, and that is kind of his calling card, and you think of Reeves, and that is kind of what comes to your head. But, I mean, that fourth line has kind of become a go-to line for the Rangers uh, when they need a good blue-collar, strong shift. When they're out there together, and the fourth line that I'm referring to is Reeves, Barclay, Goodrow, and Kevin Rooney, it seems like the puck is always in the attacking zone, and that doesn't always mean that – they're creating scoring chances left and right. Uh, but it just means that, you know, they're, they're putting a lot of pressure on their opponents. And look, if whoever the Rangers are playing, if they're up against a line that's got to work the puck out of their own zone, then they're not going to be creating any offense either. So Reeves has really done a nice job. Uh, again, I probably would have thought that he would have had more than two fights at this point in the season. But as he mentioned not too long ago, he has a tough time finding dance partners these days. I mean, he's <laughs> he's got a reputation, shall we say. So, uh, yeah, so far, so good with Reeves. And, um, you know, I'm glad we have him. It, it was a big mission for the Rangers to, to get tougher and get stronger. And I think Reeves is kind of the quintessential pickup for that. So I, the fight I watched against McDermott the other night, and I thought that Reeves was on the short end of the stick in that fight. That does not happen too often. And I had the opportunity to interview Ryan Reeves, did a story in Vegas Magazine here in Las Vegas, and went to his house and spent some time with him. Oh, and he's awesome. just a, a really good guy, like off the ice. And he knows that fighting has been uh, the reason why he does fight is because it's made his career last longer because he doesn't have a lot of other skills and he is a bruiser. But I was just, you know, as soon as he went to the Rangers and I saw him over the summer, too. And we chatted for a little bit as well with, with Reeves. But as soon as he went to the Rangers, I was just, just happy that he was with Gerard Gallant because Gerard Gallant really knows how to push his buttons. And, and he's going to use him the right way. And here, I think the last season here in Las Vegas, he didn't really quite fit into what Pete DeBoer was doing. Mm -hmm. It was more of a structure. And I just think that now that he's with Gerard Gallant, it's going to make him a lot better player. Didn't he have a... A really nice, uh, he had a nice goal this season. Uh, it was, an was assist. it a pass assist? Yeah, it was yeah, the assist, he, right? Like, I, I was actually just going to bring that up, believe it or not. Because, yeah, I mean, he's not the most offensively gifted player in the league. I, I think we can all agree on that. But he made one of the nastiest passes that I've seen that all was season. It went between his legs, right? What yeah. did he do? Oh, How did he get rid of the puck? So that was a different one. Yeah, he was, like, kind of pinned against the board after he gained right. the blue line and went right between his legs to Adam Fox. And then Fox passed to... God, who was it? It might have been, might have been Kevin Rooney. Um, hard to remember, but he he made the whole thing happen. And there was also a play. He went in up the left wing, pulled the puck to his backhand, and, and sent it perfectly across the ice, right across the goal crease, set up uh, somebody on the doorstep to tap it in. So, uh, you know, again, not the most offensively skilled player, but he can surprise you every now and then. Who's a net? Who's going to be a net for the Rangers? Um, I would probably have to say Alex Georgiev, uh, you know, Keith Kincaid played this last game, did very well in his season debut against the Coyotes. Um, 
but and I don't think Igor Shesterkin is going to be available for this game. Georgiev has been great. Uh, he really was struggling at the start of the season when playing time was was kind of uh, few and far between for him. But now that he's kind of taken over as the de facto starter in Igor's absence, he's really kind of found his stride, and he's been fantastic re- recently for the Rangers. Uh, how about for the Knights? Who are we going to get? I think you're going to get Laurent Bressois, uh, who played the final 15 seconds of the game against the Devils because they chased Robin Leonard. Who wants to? No one wants to fight Robin Leonard. I'd like to see Leonard maybe in Reeves. I don't know. That'd be kind of fun. But uh, yeah, no, I, I thought the reason I thought that they would alternate goalies in this on this road trip. And, you know, the Boston game we thought would be Leonard. And then I thought Brassois would come back on Thursday night against the New Jersey Devils. And then in the back-to-back, you know, you go back to Leonard. But I think Leonard now wants to play against his former team in the Islanders. I think he wants to play in that game. And I also believe that because he's been letting up a lot of goals and he's already played, I found a stat the other day, um, Robin Leonard has already played more minutes this season than all of last season when he was alternating with Marc-Andre Fleury. Wow. And so I'm, I'm really concerned about his durability personally. And I felt that they put him in against the Devils because the Devils weren't scoring a lot of goals. And it brings down, you know, his goals against average. I think that they, I had a feeling that that's why they might have utilized him there. But uh, Brasparaz would have been pretty good as well in that. And I think it's going to be a pretty interesting game. But I would have had, I really wanted to see Leonard uh, playing at Madison Square Garden. But I also want to see him play against the Islanders as well. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I figure, you know, this is a ton of fun, Tony. We'll have to do this again at some point down the road, but I figure we can wrap up. Do you want to throw out a prediction, like a final score or anybody to score a big goal? Any, anything you want to toss out there at all? Well, I, I just think it's going to come down to the top lines. I really do. And also uh, special teams. And uh, the Golden Knights gave up to the Devils a shorthanded goal again. Uh, they just can't seem to get everything straight there. And the power, pl- uh, the power play, uh, the Golden Knights, I don't know if you knew this, John, but VGK started out 0 for 19 on the season. And yeah. like they're finally, you know, Max Pacioretty, I think, is the reason why they started to step it up of late. But they're still not very good. And I just think it comes down to, you know, perhaps a special teams play or that top line, whoever gets the best of the other team, especially now. I think uh, the VGK top line is going to be a little bit more hungry. Uh, coming off of not scoring 17 points in two games to nothing against the Devils. So the Devils just shut them down. And then the second line of VGK beat them. How about yeah, you? I mean, if, if it comes down to special teams, I got to say, I do like the Rangers chances just because they've been really good on both the power play and the kill recently. I think they've killed off like 33 of the last 35 power plays that they've faced. So uh, they're feeling it there. And on the power plays all the way up to fifth in the league. And then they were awful to start the season. So they, they were really having a tough time scoring goals, either at even strength or on the power play. So, I, you know, I'm a Rangers yeah. fan, right? Full disclosure. So I am, yeah. I was born in New Jersey and grew up, you know, uh, as a New York Rangers fan. And uh, in 94, we couldn't find my good friend, Billy Skepagurcio uh, there in, in Newark uh, for two days. He was sleeping in his yard after the Rangers won, after they won the cup. But if he's, if he's listening, shout out to Billy, Billy Scap. Yeah, but no, I, no I, I just think it's going to be a, I think it'll be a really good game. And I just, I just think, again, it comes down to some some miscues there and it'll be a special teams play. I, I can't wait to watch the interaction of the coaches and just everything else, you know, that's going on. And Ryan Reeves, does he tussle with someone? Does he bang someone hard? Does he want to go after someone, you know, just because? Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, for sure. I think this could be a really, really intense matchup. And again, especially for two teams 
that don't see each other that often. I, I could see the intensity getting ratcheted up pretty quickly in this one. But um, yeah, I, I figure we can call it there, Tony. But like I said, this was a ton of fun and we will definitely have to do this uh, at some point in the future. Uh, where can everybody find you on Twitter? At Tony Dasco and at Locked On, Locked On VGK. All right. And you can find me at jchick17 or at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. And uh, yeah, I guess that will pretty much do it. I did want to mention that we want to thank you guys for making Locked On New York Rangers and Locked On Golden Knights your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It is free and available on all platforms. And we will see you guys next time. Thanks, John.